Hi, hi there, everybody. Welcome back. I'm glad you're here again, and I have loved to share some things with you today. I wanted to bring in a, a point that is probably going to cause a lot of different, a lot of different reactions from you. I can only talk about this because I went through it. I've went through it my entire life, and something that. I feel like it's very important that we acknowledge. It's hard to talk about it because it's something we don't really want to look or acknowledge. It's something that we don't necessarily want to pay attention to. As many of you know, I have a business on the side where I do, I bring animals and I do animal shows for kids, for birthday parties and things like that. It's Abel's Ark. And it's a really fun thing that I do. I recently noticed something that I think it's super cute and super important. Every child has a personality that will eventually develop into the adult they will become. Of course, there's a lot of things in their future that will dictate a little bit more of who they will be, their education their friends, their environment, everything. But their soul and their essence is always going to be pretty much the same. In Spanish, there's even a saying, genio y figura hasta la sepultura. What this means is that you're sort of born with a specific character and specific shape. And it's very difficult to change that as you grow up. I get to work with hundreds of children and I see their personalities because of course, you know, I bring dangerous animals. I bring snakes to the show, tarantulas and the children. Some of them are terrified. Some of them are very, very curious. Some of them are knowledgeable. Some of them are shy. Most of them are very outgoing and they let their true essence show to me. So they, tell me everything they know about an animal or if they've had an experience with an animal or what they saw on TV about an animal or, or something they've learned about an animal from someone they trust. What I've noticed about a lot of children is that I can see the children that are gay, the children that are potentially going to become gay adults. And this by no means means that I think anything negative about them. I was a very feminine child since I was a little boy. When I was a little boy, my mom used to keep a round bowl haircut on me and people used to think I was a little girl. I don't know. Maybe I was just really feminine. So I had to learn since I was very young that everything that I like was wrong. All the shows I wanted to watch or the cartoons I liked were not the right ones for me. Because my parents told me so, my friends told me so, my family told me so, and society told me so. Everyone told me that everything I liked was not supposed to be things I liked, and I was wrong for liking them. I liked Shira when I was supposed to like He-Man or something. I don't know. I was not the kind of boy that wanted to go and wrestle and box and play soccer. I instead wanted to 
play supermarket or go shopping or I would do beauty regimens. You know, I I was not a kid, your typical, you know, five, six, seven, eight-year-old boy. I was not somebody that was a straight acting little boy. I never was and I never will be. I've never been that person. And I think that there's a lot of children out there that are gay and little lesbians and little gay kids. And I see it all the time. Luckily now, the society that we live in has parents who are a lot more open-minded and great parents out there. All my friends that are parents are amazing. Every single person that I know that has a child that has become a mother or a father are superheroes to me. They are super brave and they are incredible people. I do not have what it takes to be a dad and I admire them for being parents. With that said, I feel very lucky that some of these children I see have parents who are outgoing and let them be who they are. And that's what I want to talk about. I think that we should never suppress a child's liking for something feminine or a girl liking something boyish or anything like that. And if you're a parent out there who's dealing with something like this, where you know your child is not necessarily acting the way that society wants him or her to act and be just a a simple basic human that everyone should be the same. Don't let your child be that way. Let your child express him or herself and just be loving and supportive. And at the same time, be open-minded about things that your child may bring up and explain your child. I feel like if I had a child, I would explain my child the reason why sometimes acting upon things that we like is not going to be looked at well by society. And if we're going to go that route, we have to be ready to put on our thick skin and not let people's comments or the way they look at us hurt us. So it's really important that if your child is someone like this, that you let them flourish, but give them the tools and the power that they need. Because to me, it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful when you see a little boy like, for instance, in one of my shows, I can see little boys who are very feminine and they're very scared, but they're very sweet are my all time favorites. I love the little girls that are supposed to be wearing like a cute little dress and a bow, but they are sweating and they're and their bowls are falling off their head and their dresses are dirty and they want to touch the biggest snakes and they don't they're not scared of the tarantulas and they're very chatty. I love my little lesbian girls. They're so awesome. To me, it's all great when a child expresses themselves, and if a, if a child acts not necessarily how society wants them to act because they could potentially be gay or maybe lesbians or maybe not. Maybe it's just a face. I don't know. Let them be who they are. I feel like that's a really great thing to do. I want to talk about being a good host. Being a host could be something like an art form. We're lucky to have a guest room in our house and we love having friends come over and spend the night or spend the weekend with us. Um, we are very close to Temecula's wineries in California and we love going to the wineries with friends. So if you're ever out here, come visit us. We love to have you because I love being a good host and so does Ryan. We pride ourselves on making sure that the bed is comfy and we make sure that there's good pillows in the room and everything's 
very clean and the sheets are fresh and everything smells great in the room and the temperature is good. Temperature is really important for guests and temperature is something you should be considerate about anytime you have friends over. Some of us like it colder than others. Some people prefer no air conditioner, which I don't know. I love air conditioner. Anyway, some people love heat. Right now it's cold here, so the heat is really, really great. But it's always good to ask your guest, hey, do you sleep cold? Do you sleep hot? It's always important. It's really great if you have a guest bathroom. Side note, make sure you have a nightlight in your guest bathroom to give your guests everything they need towels, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, and make them feel comfortable. From the moment they walk into your house, we let people know that our house is their home. They can take their shoes off and do as they usually would. We want people to feel 100% comfortable. It's really great to show people where you keep your stuff too. For instance, here's where the cups are and you can show them where the water is. It's just Things that are very simple that people don't think about that make someone feel very comfortable. It's always nice to also think ahead of time and figure out what is that person's favorite drink. It doesn't have to be anything alcoholic, but it could be their favorite soft drink or juice or anything. I mean, yes, if they want their favorite beer or their favorite anything, any drink that anyone loves, it's really nice to have it in your house once they show up and you can offer them that drink. It's good to have little snacks. If you have an air fryer, you are in luck. It's really easy to go to the grocery store and get some breaded shrimps and calamari and just a bunch of sauces and basically just serve something snacky with nuts and something delicious to start the conversation. It's always good to have little snacks and of course, Having a good cocktail or a good drink, um, good champagne or anything bubbly is always a good start. It is also super important to pay attention to scent. I love candles, Ryan and I always like candles. So it's really great to have a really great candle in your guest room or in your guest bathroom. It's really important to let those senses kick in and especially when you have people come into your home, it is nice to have an inviting aroma. I would definitely stay away from anything too sweet or anything too holiday based, of course, or anything that's like food. Nobody really wants to smell butter or popcorn or things of that nature. It's better to go with clean scents. It's better to have scents that are more neutral, but that are very inviting. Musks are really good. Sandalwoods are really good. It is also great to have a guest blanket for your guests. So when you're all hanging out in the couch and watching television or a movie, it's nice to have a blanket to give your guests so they can feel super comfy and super warm. And of course, it is always great to have menus. Menus are really good because you can just kind of bring them out and show people, hey, let's order from this place or let's order from this place. It's always great to do that. So being a good host is great. It is always good to welcome your guest. And also, if you have a guest staying for a while, it's great to let them know they can do laundry. If you have a laundry machine or a dryer, always offer if they want to do laundry. It always helps. It's always a very nice gesture. There's a deep confession I have to make, and it's something that I feel a lot of people suffer from, and it's embarrassing to me. 
Ryan has told me for many years that I snore a lot. And my snoring is very loud and obnoxious and disturbing and he hates it. So a few years back, I went to the doctor to figure out why I'm snoring so much. The doctor wanted me to do a sleep study, so I did a sleep study and I didn't I was lucky that I didn't have to go to a place. They actually sent me home with this machine that I had to hook up to myself and sleep with it for for it to read what happens at night when I go to sleep. Afterwards, my doctor got the results and they uh, the doctor diagnosed me with sleep apnea. Sleep apnea is a condition that you get when you're laying down, something happens in the muscles of your throat, your nasal passages meets your throat, and those muscles at night sort of collapse when you relax and you're going into a deep sleep. When that happens and those passages collapse, you can no longer get oxygen into your lungs. So therefore, your body does everything possible to try to clear the passages so you can breathe. This includes waking you up to go pee, making you snore really loud so that you can choke and sort of wake up and breathe again. Uh, this also causes you to sweat a lot of night at night. It's not a pleasant thing. And of course, the most horrible thing is that if you're married or if you have a partner or if you have someone that you live with and they happen to sleep next to you, it's really annoying to them because you're a really loud snorer. So there's a solution and I hated it. My doctor prescribed me a CPAP machine. The CPAP machine has been with me for several years and I never used it. I hated it. I tried it one night and I thought, what? This is for, you know, like 90 year old men who are having heart attacks. I don't need this. And I stopped using it. I never used it ever. Last year, I had an unfortunate car accident. I totaled my Challenger and I hit a truck while I was driving, probably like 45 miles an hour. I fell asleep because one of the side effects of having sleep apnea, when you do not get enough sleep because you're waking up all night because you're trying to survive because you're not getting oxygen into your lungs. One of the side effects is that you're not sleeping. So therefore you're tired, you're tired and you don't even realize that you're tired. In fact, what would happen to us is if I was watching a movie or something like a show, or if I stayed still for more than a few minutes, I would fall asleep. And I thought it was just because I wake up early, but it's not. It's because I wasn't getting a full night rest. So when I got into my car accident and I thought I had died and I realized I didn't and my car was destroyed and I didn't think I didn't understand what happened until I realized I fell asleep for a minute or for a few seconds. I don't know. I realized how stupid I am and I started doing a lot of research about how to deal with the CPAP machine. And I found a lot of really cool guys on YouTube that talk about it, about how to deal with it and how to accept it. Because there's things you can do, of course, to try to make it better. Like I go to the gym every day and I'm trying to get in shape so that I can eventually maybe stop using it. But for now, one of the things that you have to do when you have one is first of all, accept it 
and know that it's not something that it's a horrible thing. You have to accept it and understand it's going to help you. The other thing I was doing wrong is I was using the wrong face mask. There's different face masks that you can use. The one I use is actually very small and it goes right around my nose and it's actually quite comfortable. It's actually, it fits perfectly around my nose and I was using the wrong sizes before, but finally now I have the right size and after my accident, I thought I was very lucky to be alive. So I thought I'm gonna start using this machine. Maybe this is a sign from the above that is telling me that I should use this machine to make myself better. So for almost a year now, I've been using it and every night I use it and it's really great because I get a full night's sleep. I no longer wake up to pee or I don't sweat at night anymore and I, I don't snore so Ryan can get really good sleep and it's great. I feel that if you snore or if you, someone's ever told you that you snore a lot, you should definitely go get it checked out with a doctor because you may have sleep apnea. And without knowing it, you're damaging your body. It's better to get it diagnosed. And if you do have it, get that machine and get some sleep. I feel very different now that I actually get, you know, I usually sleep about six hours to seven hours at night. I can never sleep eight. It's impossible for me. So six to seven is pretty good for me. And I sleep straight. I have really great dreams. I wake up very energetic um, and I love it. So it's really changed my life. And even though it's a little embarrassing, I want to share because I feel like maybe if you have someone that is snoring a lot and you're concerned about them, it's a good thing to talk about. Fabulous, fabulous stuff to talk about next. All right. So now we're going to talk about something that I'm super, super excited about. <laughs> it is Mugler. Mugler is doing a collaboration with H&M. As you know, H&M makes really trendy, fun clothes that it's fun to buy for a party or something just to tear and throw away. It's that kind of clothing. But when they partner up with the house of Mugler, for those who don't know, Mugler is a very edgy fashion house that makes really great pieces. Um, so Mugler and H&M are partnering up and I can't wait what the collab will be about. I think it's going to be a really great collab and I can't wait. As you may know, Terry Mugler, the creator of Mugler passed away last January, but he left a great deal of beautiful silhouettes that he pushed through. Um, the Mugler collaboration with H&M will be released on May 11th. Very exciting. Casey Cadwallower is the designer behind Mugler right now. And there's a really funny commercial that's featuring Jerry Hall. That's really great. I cannot wait because they're doing men's and women's pieces. And I feel like the designs are going to be really cool. The commercials so far are showing some intense hoodies with corsets for men, some really great sports coats. Um, everything is a lot of black. There's some leather. There's some really great cut out sports coats. There are some incredible pea coats and trench coats. I'm really interested in the, the, in the corsets for men that they're showing on the ads. I think they look really cool. So I 
pretty sure this collection is going to sell out completely on H&M. So on May 11th or beforehand, you should check out your H&M if you are interested in getting any of these things because they're probably going to fly off the shelves. They look really, really cool and I am all about it. Mugler is super sexy and su such a cool label. Uh, everything that they make is always very edgy and avant-garde and I love Mugler. So I'm very excited about the Mugler collection with H&M. I think it's going to be awesome. I really want to thank you for listening to this awesome moment with me. And whoever you are out there, always know that you are loved. Someone loves you. That could be me. Because I love you.